Cocktail Party, the Bachelor Nation podcast that is taking you back to where the romanticized romantics of The Bachelor first began in season number one. We are your hosts, Natalia and Amy, and during this Talktail Party, as well as others, we talk about the episode, the contestants, and the production. Today, we're on episode number four, which also happens to be the hometowns, the first hometown ever on The Bachelor, can I just say? Um, Amy, why don't you lead us into the episode? Okay, well, thank you for that lovely introduction, Natalia. Um, first off, I just want to thank Natalia again for accepting the somewhat daunting task of being my co-host because she can attest that I take this probably too seriously and I just appreciate it a lot so I'm so happy she's here as you can tell by that killer intro like that that was dope so anyway <laughs> but <laughs> anything for you girl oh thanks so I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend Kirsten she has been our um guinea pig so to speak with this podcast and so she's been doing a great job of um, giving us some early critiques because as you know we are very much amateurs um, both of us have experience doing video, uh, but this is our first ever venture into the podcasting world. So I hope everyone keeps that in mind as they listen, that every episode's just going to get better quality, better content, better flow, etc. So just bear in mind, but something that Kirsten had wanted more detail about was the deliberation room that we've mentioned, um, most especially from the very first episode of Talktail Party. And she wanted just a little more detail since you couldn't see just how brilliant this room is. So I just wanted to delve into that really quick before we jump in. Brilliant is a great way to describe it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the room, so I think it's brilliant. The deliberation room, it's just this random room in the house that they're filming in as we know it's not the bachelor mansion as we have come to know and love but it's just a room in the house um and there's two leather chairs in there that alex our bachelor and chris harrison go and sit down um and they're facing this wall of dressers that are the drawers are strategically pulled out so that the photo frames containing photos of the women are visible to them as they converse honestly science behind the doors dude. i swear they had they had to have had like a a freaking contractor come in and specifically build this set let's just start with um the fact that it's a first hometown i guess and this is the first time if you if you're familiar with the bachelor hometowns um you are probably three-fourths of the way through with a season and with this particular season we only have about six episodes is that right there are six episodes and then also the women tell all so seven in total but only six episodes where we see the actual process right so season number one is 
really only half of a season that we're used to. Honestly, in- it's actually it's less than a half because in a previous cocktail party episode, I'd said that they are it's half the amount of episodes, but I didn't say that there it's half the amount of time. So it's really half Okay, so in a typical season, there's 13 episodes and they're 2-hour episodes, right? Whereas in this, mm-hmm. it's half the season and half the time each week. So it's like a right. fourth of what we usually see. <laughs> okay. That's a better way of breaking it down, I think. It's like, yeah, it's a fourth of what we usually see. Okay. So we're at Hometowns already, and really, we've only seen, we saw three one-on-ones crammed into one episode, and that was in episode number three. And yeah, three three one on ones and a group date, so t- four dates in total in one episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? They probably had tons of fun with with the B roll on this. Just kidding. Um, wait, let's just not even get into this episode yet. Can we just talk about Rhonda one more time? Because I just felt like you're obsessed with Rhonda. <laughs> I know. Obsessed. I know. I felt bad. Had the Rhonda drama <laughs> been played out in 2017. It would have been a to-be-continued episode, and yeah. we would have seen the results of whatever drama happened. Whereas for this particular instance, they're like, oh, here's an ambulance. Okay, so next week. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a panic attack. Alex doesn't even come out check to see if she's okay. She's, like, dying. Yeah, she's probably, like, dead, and Alex is like, okay, where are we going, guys? <laughs> So the hometown episode starts off with Kim and she actually never got a one-on-one date in the last episode. I was actually surprised that she got picked. Nowadays, it's so uncommon for someone to reach the hometown phase of the show without receiving a one-on-one date. The last instance I saw was Corinne from Nick Vial's season. Kim was only ever on... You know, the initial set of group dates from the first episode, the, the second episode, and then the group date on the third episode. So she literally never got one-on-one time with him on in a date setting prior to going to the hometown. So I could not believe that. I, I was kind of, I can't imagine bringing a guy home and being like, hey guys, this guy might propose to me in a couple weeks. We've never been on a solo date. Isn't he nice? Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. I can't even picture that. One thing I just remembered that happened prior to him actually going mm-hmm. to Kim's. And yeah. it had to do with the... They do an ITM. And again, we say ITM. We throw that around. It means in the moment. The interviews that they, they do as voiceovers, for instances. Just in case you've forgotten what that means since the last time we explained it. That's what an ITM is. Anyway. They do an ITM before Alex goes to Kim's hometown. And it's him. <laughs> I laughed so hard at this. I don't know why. It's him <laughs> in the bathroom. And they're shooting. <laughs> Stop. They're recording oh my gosh, him. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. They're recording him talking at the mirror. And they're showing his reflection. And he's like in his pajamas, like brushing his teeth. It was yeah, the weirdest ITM I have ever seen. I was like, I was like what? And it was, it was one. Was I know. I was like, who did this? Because <laughs> I need, I need to meet them. So I just had to throw that in there. Something that I had noticed. Uh, very that. odd. Very odd. Another random thought that I had failed to mention earlier. Because at the beginning of the episode, Chris Harrison sits him down and they're like, okay, say goodbye to your friends because you're going to go 
solo now, whatever, with whatever with this with the journey. You're not gonna be with the other girls except for the invitation nights slash rose ceremonies. And I and then they ha- show some ITMs of the girls saying I'm s- I'll miss the girls, but I'm so tired of sharing him, blah, blah, blah. And I said to myself, well, what do they expect? This is what they signed up for. And then I had to stop myself and think, oh, actually, they had no freaking clue what they really signed up for. And so I was like, this is the Season first one. instance. <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is the first instance where I can't say that. And be like, why Why are you being bratty? You know, have, everyone says that every season. Like, well, they know what they signed up yeah, for. Exactly. Well, this time they didn't. So I had to check myself for a minute, which was pretty funny. Well, hey, you're, you're probably spot on with they didn't know what they signed up for, especially because they only advertise through radio and print. So who knows if they <laughs> even got to read about the description of the show. Right. Okay, just true. kidding. No, it's um, true. <laughs> but... So Kim's house, we don't really <laughs> Freaking see them Kim's house. go. Yeah, they don't really go on an actual date. I don't think. I, I throughout they this showed whole episode, them. I don't. They showed mm-hmm. them making out on a boat, but we never saw them exchange words on the boat. Exactly. They just right. showed about five seconds of them making out on a boat, and then straight to her house. So that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it really was weird, and I think throughout this whole episode. There was B-roll footage of what they did, but there wasn't a designated date that each of the girls had like we typically see now. So with Kim's, they were on the boat, and then they go to her house and meet her family and friends. And something that Kim had said was that she was hoping Alex was really great with kids. And of course, they cut to the awkward B-roll scene of Alex like yanking on this three-year-old's arm and then he starts crying a couple moments later because Alex is hurting his arm. The whole thing is just so awkward to me. Okay, my favorite awkwardness, <laughs> I loved that part, by the way, but my favorite awkward part of Kim's house was the fact that I, I took too many notes about this part, probably, but they go in, they ask the little kid to show Alex something. So they go into this room and Alex is kind of looking around like, okay, um, it's a lot of lot of dead animals. Floor to ceiling. Oh, my gosh. And the cutaways with... were amazing. Amazing. I, I, I was dying. And Kim's dad's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then he, and then they ask him what his hobbies are. And this was beautiful editing. This was, I feel like, the first really creative, funny editing that I've seen on the show. <laughs> right. But they ask him his hobbies and he says, oh, like swimming. Then it cuts to a stuffed dead deer (laughs) head on the wall and it cuts back to Alex uh, running, cuts to another dead animal. I was losing it. It was so funny. I was like, yes. Oh, my goodness. It was totally implying that he was basically not man enough to be in that room. And I was (laughs) loving every second of it. I'm happy that you brought that up because I totally <laughs> forgot about it. Oh, I, I can't. I, I think I'll remember that particular scene for a long time. <laughs> but wrapping up uh, Kim's hometown, I right. really enjoyed the sentiments that her mom made. It, it You know what? I It made me want to get to know Kim more. Nowadays, we're so used to the lead, uh, whether it be bachelor or bachelorette, 
kind of being taken into a separate room and talking to the parents. We see Alex talking to Kim's family in front of Kim as if Kim's not there, which I found to be a little strange. Um, Alex asks her family what some of her best attributes are. And it was a weird exchange because her sister-in-law just rattles off a bunch and then her and Kim start crying. I think now the show is a lot better at getting separate small moments between multiple people because it was kind of hard as um, a member of the audience to see a kind of a group setting for this instance. Whereas in normal life, you probably wouldn't be asking your significant other's family in front of them, what are some of so-and-so's best attributes? And then have it be a whole cry fest about why they're so brilliant. It was just kind of... It almost felt forced, but I agree. I think Kim just hasn't, I think Kim hasn't gotten enough airtime for us to really give any craps about her. So that's just (laughs) unfortunate for her. But, you know, what are you going to do? I think just as far as the production aspect, as I think is, A, they probably were trying to save time with the group setting because it was a common theme among all the date all of the dates right and i think it was just so hashtag cringeworthy for us it was even more cringeworthy for us because we know what to or we we're trying to expect that they have those private moments okay but in this episode we don't get the luxury of privacy right at all so it was just like okay awkward cringe ah alex why are you okay mom's answering now uh, uh, I'm, I feel awkward. Let's fast forward to Trista because I felt like Trista's date was actually the best out of all four. It was the least awkward. Well, let's put it that way. It seemed to flow well. He seemed to get along with their family. They seemed to welcome him. And I felt like we actually got to see more redeeming qualities of Alex with her family more so than any other ones because... I think Trista's playing the game right, honestly. Um, For sure. Which I think it's just her natural personality, but she's not just throwing herself at him like Amanda and Kim have been, but she's also Mm -hmm. not been so standoffish like Shannon's been. Um, Trista's been interested enough that he is intrigued by her and he Mm -hmm. wants to get to know her more, but... She's not been so interested that he's like, oh, this is easy. So he put it as, um, you know, the chase aspect of relationship, which I think is actually pretty important for for certain types of people. I think it's definitely important. So I was very intrigued by what their relationship could become because I think, but I still just think Trista's too good for him. Like, I thought her hometown was the best, but... He doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, I really like... I feel like Trista's the most beautiful of all the girls. But not only that, she just seems to just have a really good heart. And she just seems more refined than the other women. And, and she's older. I mean, the other I was girls are say. 23 and 24. And, um, but she definitely knows what she wants more. And she just seems more focused. I do wish that 
I like Trista. I just wish that we were able to see the more vibrant and fun and spontaneous side of her more during the season. But we don't really have that time frame like we usually do. So, again, we are cursed with the lack of airtime just in general <laughs> to even be able to get to know these girls as as much as we would have in a current season oh for sure for sure i think that they've definitely painted trista as a more closed off mature person but i think she is actually a lot more fun i mean we got to see a little bit of it with her family um she was laughing a lot she loved to be in that setting i think and she was embarrassed but in a sweet way and so I thought it was a very... It was cute. It was a charming hometown date, I thought. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I wish that I they so would have shown us more of her personality early on. I mean, obviously, we've liked mm-hmm. her from day one, but I just always felt like there was more to her than they were showing, and I think we got to see a little bit of that, so... So Trista's hometown had the potential to be the most awkward hometown, in my right. opinion, because not only was her mother there, but her stepmother was there also and her dad so she had three parents there right and kudos to chris to krista to trista (laughs) and her family for just keeping it together very well and even when mom was saying oh you guys need a kiss now like the kiss wasn't awkward it wasn't cringeworthy it was sweet it was nice um totally been in that awkward family situation where everyone's like kiss 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 and you're like what the f like it's so embarrassing and you know like no matter how many times you kiss like kissing in front of people's families it's just awkward but i i thought it was nice i thought it was cute no i agree the other point that i had wanted to mention was trista goes back with alex in the limo and they talk a little bit and Alex, and I feel like this was producer pushed. Um, you can disagree with me if you believe that it wasn't. But in the limo, Alex says, I would really like it if you could think of us as being exclusive. Like we're exclusively mm-hmm. dating each other. And I <laughs> chuckled because I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't, I've never seen... I don't know. I've never seen a lead ask a contestant to feel that way. Man, I just felt bad because Trista, as we've said in a previous Talktail Party episode, she went on a group date where they kind of interrogated Alex about um, cheating. And he had said that he had cheated multiple times prior to then. And so when he mentioned, I would like you to think of us as dating exclusively, she said, no, I can't do that because if that was the case, then you'd be cheating on me. So I was just kind of like, ah, foot and mouth, dude. Like, she's already 100%. said that she's been affected by previous partners cheating on her. So now that you are still dating three other women and, like, going to meet their families, you're going to almost dare to ask her to be exclusive with you. So I liked that she immediately was like, no. She just didn't even have to hesitate. <laughs> I, I I respected her for that, for sure. I was just going to say that I like that she's not a pushover and she just, she just doesn't make decisions because she's trying to please Alex or do things that she, she thinks he will like. Like, she's completely honest 
and um, it just adds to the the intriguing, you know, thrill of the chase type of aspect to Trista. But I definitely think that every limo moment this season was definitely producer pushed as far as the questions go. Um, they just didn't seem like original questions from Alex to me, but maybe to push the girls to give those answers for the sake of good TV that right. they were hoping for. Totally. Something that I thought was odd was that Alex did all four hometowns in one week, which is crazy. Um, nowadays, they tend to at least take, I think, a day um, in between instead of trying to mash them up into one week because that's really intense. Just travel-wise, that just does a, a number on your your body, let alone your mind, to go into all these houses and try and convince them, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm just dating a bunch of people as well as your child. Um, so Amanda's hometown, they really emphasized how tired he was. And so um, the editing just made us bored. And so I kind of felt bad at the beginning of it. But I think it's interesting that we've seen such a positive thus far I say positive loosely relationship with Amanda and Alex that it was interesting for them to portray her hometown as less than enthusiastic on Alex's part. Um, And I know that they just really kept pushing the fact that he was tired. And so I felt like that was our first instance. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe the date really was just like this where he was just so tired and nothing happened but I kind of felt like it was um, misleading editing they picked specific parts to make it look like the beginning part was very boring so I thought that was interesting Um, but you know they they meet her her parents at the house and they kind of sit around and eat food and then later that night they wear beautiful matching leather jackets and meet up with her family, which I thought this part was interesting. Okay, so nowadays in hometown dates, the interesting little tidbit is that the houses that they film in aren't necessarily their family's house. Um, and I don't know if you know this exactly. or if I... Oh, no, I have mentioned this to you, right. Um, yeah, you've told me the secrets. <laughs> the secrets. <laughs> okay. um, no, it's fine. So let me see the chavis. Okay, we're done. Goodness, <laughs> I can't. The song's gonna be haunting me to my grave. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, they don't necessarily use the family's house. They use a friend, a relative, any house that is um more aesthetically pleasing, slash big enough that the camera crew can come in and comfortably film. So I found it interesting that later on Amanda's date, when they wore those beautiful matching leather jackets that I mentioned, they go to dinner in a hotel ballroom in like this little podunk town in Kansas that Amanda's from. And Dude, it was a country club, wasn't it? Was it a country (laughs) club? Okay, I missed that because I totally thought it was just like the friggin' like I don't know Kansas Holiday Inn ballroom. I don't know. I did <laughs> I missed that part. But it just it didn't seem fancy, but I knew it was just because oh none of their houses must have been good enough 
for the restrictions that they have for how they can film. And that's what you'll notice with um, with Trista's house. It was pretty big. With Kim's house, it was big. There was a lot of space to move around. But we really only saw them in one one room in Amanda's house with her parents. And then later when her whole family was there, it was at this country club or hotel ballroom, whatever it was. And yeah. so I thought that was interesting. It was uh, it was almost like a um, like a prom dinner kind of thing, like this oh, big sure. long table setting. And anyway, but I don't know. What did you think about this date? Well, I just wanted to know that her best friend was named Mandy, so that was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, I I thought it was um, I thought it was uninteresting and a bit awkward, and I didn't. Just a random no. I didn't expect her parents to be as old as they were. Not trying to be rude or anything. Oh, me either. Oh, me but either. I was like, oh, her parents are, are quite older. Okay. I kind of thought they um, were her grandparents right off the bat. I was like, yeah, oh, they're grandparents. I and then it was too. her mom and dad. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> um, okay, good. And then I just didn't really peg her for a small town kind of girl. I just... Oh, me either. When someone says that they buy a trapeze... For their boyfriend. (laughs) You know, I don't... My mind doesn't go to small town from Kansas. Exactly. Exactly. It was super funny. In the preview that we saw from last week, what was going to happen this episode, they showed Alex getting grilled by some dude. And it turns out to be her older brother. Um, But it was kind of anticlimactic for me. I don't know if you would agree with that, but he interrogates him about where he went to college and where he's from and where he wants to live. And then at the end, it's not like, I still don't like him. It was like, oh, Alex seems nice. I, I tried really hard to break him, but I didn't. And then it, I was just like, oh, we're done with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I was thinking that same thing, too. They always just build it up in the teasers. And then you think that there's this huge misleading. Somebody pushes the table over. Alex, get the freak out of my country club <laughs> but <laughs> but I guess yeah it ended pretty chill um yeah I don't know I just I just don't like Alex okay sorry we can continue <laughs> I mean nothing really happened on Amanda's hometown so let's no. jump to the juiciest hometown of all Shannon's was it that juicy though because I felt like even less I mean I know what happened but as far as activity wise definitely nothing happened I felt like they showed (laughs) I mean I wouldn't disagree I just feel like a lot of things that weren't said spoke louder than the things that were said if that makes any sense okay well the the thing I thought was cute was when they go to Shannon's house her parents got like a little sign that said welcome home and put it above the door and it was in like swirly like word font which I thought was super cute and they got like a bunch of balloons I was like oh okay um and she described her family to Alex on the way over as like dorky and I, I don't I don't know I just feel like I saw a lot more from Shannon in this date than I have the entire time thus far and I think putting her with her family really put it into perspective the type of person she is because I think with the other girls I didn't really get the Shannon hate but when I saw her with her family I felt like I understood more um which 
I don't. It's oh, not to where say where the Shannon hate came from. Yeah, I definitely think the hometown date showed us why other girls thought she was kind of like snooty or entitled. Oh, I definitely saw that side. But yeah, and I was surprised. As soon as they walk in, Shannon hugs her parents, and then she's like, "Where's my dog?" (laughs) And I felt like she was like the Benzie original dog lover type girl because she was so excited to see her dog and. One of my favorite moments from the episode was when she goes to get her dog and she, Alex, like, follows her because he feels like he should as a boyfriend would. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know these people. Please don't leave me. But I... Exactly I loved what was going on in his mind. Oh, totally. I loved when she opens the back door, lets the dog in, and she's playing with the dog. And then she looks over at her mom and she's like, Oh, Avery, her dog, she can't come inside. And her mom was just like, no. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on that, but I loved it. Uh-uh. So that Then Shannon had to shove Avery back out the door. And then they had to go sit in the living room. And Shannon couldn't even control herself. She had to go back outside. She's like, I have to sit by the window because I'm closest to Avery. I... She's just, like, staring at her the whole time while Alex is talking to her parents. And then I think she's just like, F this conversation. I want to go play with my dog. And so she's like, I'm just going to go outside. And so she leaves Alex there talking to her parents so she can go play with her dog outside. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I guess I'm not as much of a dog person as uh, Shannon or Benzie that I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'd be excited to see my pet. I don't know. I'm a cat person overall, so I don't get the dog thing. But I was laughing so hard. And Alex is, like, looking around like, Shannon? <laughs> like, why'd you leave me? <laughs> We're Shannon. Her, yeah, and her family was even like, what? And I, her mom gets up to go get her. because She's like, what the crap? And it was just like, <laughs> Shannon, her dog is above her family, above God, I swear. It was like, this dog is... <laughs> everything to her and i was losing oh it my goodness. so here's just a little clip of the interaction between alex and shannon and avery the dog so do you have any questions for me um avery come here all you have to do is call her and she'll come back i'm sorry do you have any questions um avery uh-oh Avery! 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 I put in my notes, this dog is amazing, in all caps. I was dying. I thought it was so good. Before we even get to Limo, though, can I just say that (laughs) Shannon's mom, her face the entire episode, if I could write out, if if I could type out a caption this face caption this photo Shannon's <laughs> okay. mom's expression would be WTF is my daughter doing, doing. exactly that is all so true <laughs> so true um but like I just wanted to point out that I didn't think that she was being very respectful toward her mother especially oh not at all she was just asking okay well what do you guys have in common okay Shannon gets questions 24 7 this is about Alex and she's like I am talking about Alex. That's I know. why I'm asking yeah. you what Shannon... do you have in common with Alex. 
Right. Shannon was just so defensive. And I could totally get the mom's perspective. Like, listen, we barely know anything about this dude that you could potentially maybe get engaged to in two weeks. And I'm just trying to get a little more of a sense of your relationship with him. So I know how serious this is to give you like a real reaction, a real um, opinion about him. And Shannon was just so done. I feel like Shannon was 100% done. Like she was just so, she was over being on the show. And that much was clear to me in the conversation she had with Alex in the limo. So in a limo, Shannon and Alex are talking. um, And again, anytime they're in a limo, very, very producer pushed, it seems like. Alex asks Shannon about... Well, okay, so Shannon's made it abundantly clear that she lives by a certain set of rules in her life, such as not kissing on the first date, which we've seen. Or I guess not seen, whatever. Um, But Alex asks for further clarification about some of these rules, and especially in regard to sex. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, as we've said, even in this episode... His love language is physical touch. Mm -hmm. So I could see him being a little concerned. Um, The other girls, he's progressed to the point in the relationship where they can be a little more affectionate and they can kiss and such. But Shannon's not to that point yet with him. And so he's curious, um, but he doesn't want to push any boundaries. Anyway, in the car, Shannon gets so uncomfortable when he asks this question regarding sex. She's like, oh, I knew that. I knew this would come up and um, my friends asked me if it had and I said, no, thank goodness. And so Alex is just kind of like, okay, so what do you like, what do you think? And she's like, I really don't appreciate the fact that you're asking me this question when you see how uncomfortable I am. And I felt in that moment is probably the only moment I felt bad for Alex, even in the slightest, because I totally understand I understand Shannon's hesitation to talk about sex on national TV when it's the first show of its kind like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also a TV show. And so I felt bad for Alex because what is he supposed to do? This is what it is. You know, this is the situation you're in. So I felt bad for him for having to kind of take a verbal beating from Shannon because she was so done with the show she was like i am not talking about this and she was like i can't believe that you're not respecting me and see you're not seeing that i'm uncomfortable that you keep asking and you don't care about my feelings you just care about your answer and i was yeah exactly that's when i was like dang i mean girl i get it it's not a comfortable topic but you know what you're on a dating tv show where you only have a certain amount of time and you can't exactly just sweep that under the rug. Um, you know what? Because I, I low-key feel like she's a virgin. I don't know if you feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say I yeah. Was, and that, yeah. But you, there's I graceful just, ways of addressing that, though. And I know that oh, she, exactly. maybe she was embarrassed. And um, when she was saying... Um, he's like, well, this is the only time that we've I, that we ever really get to be alone. She's like, well, we're not alone. We're not alone. Be, referring to the camera. I people. know. 
It was I know, I was so like, okay, awkward. fourth wall breaking on the fourth episode. <laughs> yes, seriously. And I just didn't really understand where all of her defensiveness came from in this episode, but I definitely thought it added to the drama, and I thought it was really, really interesting. I just didn't think it was warranted by any means. I was just like, girl, just answer the question. And like, it's I not- know, I was like, at this point, just do it. Like, whatever. He's asking you about what your standards and your morals are. What's so bad about that? There's a graceful way that you can answer that question, and I didn't think that he was asking it in a way that was intrusive. So Exactly. I don't I think he was asking for specific details from her sexual past. I thought he was just <laughs> yeah. asking her opinion on the subject, and she freaked out on him. So that part, I thought... I was like, I totally understand the Shannon hate now. Unfortunately, I really did like (laughs) Shannon. But I think especially, I think seeing her family kind of exacerbated the situation a little bit where she was just, she's like, I'm done with this TV show. It was fine and fun for a bit, but now I'm done. I want to go back to my family. I want to go back to my dog and my life. And so I feel like she was just done. Um, But let's jump to the cocktail party. Sorry. The invitation night. Whatever. I can't with that name. But um, Mm. Alex kind of makes it seem like in an ITM that Shannon was in the number one spot for him, which I had no idea. He was like, honestly, like, it feels like Shannon's my girlfriend. I feel like I've upset her. It's very frustrating. And I was surprised that he felt like that. Granted, that was before the limo conversation that he said that she had been number one in his mind. But I was so surprised by that because of how he acts with Amanda and with Trista. I agree with you as far as I didn't really know where he and Shannon stood and where she stood in the rankings. I All I knew is that he was worried about Trista because he didn't really know if she'd ever open up or not. That's all I really knew. But I didn't know if that place Shannon above or below anybody else. I still wanted Lanise to be here. I'm obsessed. You're obsessed with Lanise <laughs> and Rhonda. You're so oh, obsessed with them. And Lisa Man. from episode one. I was just what? about to say female Evan from episode one. <laughs> You're right. During their journal entry, okay, this is what I wanted to say about Amanda. I was dying that she did it right in front of her water tower because it just reminded me of my hometown and i'm like yes girl yes you, <laughs> you gotta tag your water tower in there just because it it's funny it's like oh, oh my gosh i could just i could just see them like thinking like okay where can we like shoot this oh i know like the water tower anyway the water tower all. no you're that's the funny i didn't even tower. realize that then the invitation night gets going and uh he hands out roses to trista amanda and Wow. Shannon, we just spent so much time talking about her. I, like, forgot about her in the two minutes since we talked about her. <laughs> not Sorry, Kim. okay. Just know it was yeah, not Kim. But not Kim. And what I thought was interesting was in an ITM, um, Alex explained why he didn't pick Kim. And I wrote this down word for word again because I wanted to state it how he said it. But he says, I want someone easygoing, but Kim is too easygoing for me. And I was like, okay. Exactly. I'm like, okay, so this girl is too chill and too nice. Therefore, I must let you be. I feel like he needs someone who's kind of dramatic. And so that's why he's like, it's fine if you're easygoing, but I also need you to be kind of crazy or something like that. And I feel like maybe that's why why he's... 
Shannon. Yeah. Exactly. That's totally yeah. what I was just thinking. Like, Shannon is kind of crazy, but she keeps him on his toes. Whereas, yeah, I think maybe that's what it was with him for Kim, that he just... He thought he'd get bored with her eventually. I'm not sure. But sure. I thought that was interesting that he... Nice. Right. I thought it was interesting that he was saying, she's just too easygoing, but I want someone easygoing. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, whatever. Well, I can but, totally understand that because sometimes you do want somebody to spar with to kind of ruffle ruffle your feathers. Oh, for sure. It, it, you get that, like, passion, that fire, but... The back and forth instead of just, like, them giving and never wanting to take anything or vice versa it's just right i could see why he would say that my last production note that i noticed was so when kim's saying goodbye to the women and to alex after she gets kicked they show a beautiful sepia slow-mo montage of moments with her and alex and the editing choice was great it was just such a nostalgic feel um, and not necessarily his relationship with Kim. I just more mean I felt nostalgic watching it, remembering the early 2000s because of the editing. But I I don't know. That part for me was great production-wise. I was very much into that part with him and Kim. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for real. Any other thoughts that we haven't hit yet? I think that was it. I definitely thought Shannon was on the chopping block for sure. But The only reason I didn't think she would go is just because... He had said, I feel like Shannon's my girlfriend. Like, I feel like I'm dating her. So, but we'll have to see. I feel like she'll get cut next week. So, the next episode, we see three girls getting the opportunity to have a quote-unquote fantasy date slash suite with Alex. Um, where they basically are able to consummate their relationship. Is the best <laughs> way that I can put it. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so I guess we'll see if they either accept the offer or if they choose. And they, OK, what, what do they what do they say? If they choose to forgo their own individual bedrooms or something like that, they can uh, spend the night together, basically. So I think right, you guys right. know what I'm alluding to. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think everyone gets it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what happens next episode. And I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, hopefully more drama will come with the fantasy, the very first set of fantasy suites. So I'm I'm thinking it'll be a good episode. I just want Amanda to bring out two trapezes. The trapeze? Oh my gosh. What I would pay to see Amanda on a trapeze for Alex. <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to trapeze, trapeze for someone better than Alex. Saying, yeah, exactly. Agreed. And in her Wonder Woman costume, nonetheless. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Talktail Party with your co-hosts, Natalia and Amy. We are so excited that you are giving us a chance yet again. And look forward to our next episode where we talk about the fantasy suites um, of the very first season of The Bachelor. We will catch you next episode. Bye! And I know that, holy, sorry, there's a gigantic moth on my window and it's creeping me out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I thought it was inside. I almost screamed. You would have heard me setting my house on fire on this podcast like (laughs) live from salt lake i'm burning my house down